0: Good morning. Today I'm pleased to present the Government of Alberta's 2023-2024 First Quarter Fiscal Update and Economic Statement. Earlier this year, our Government presented Budget 2023, which forecasts a $2.4 billion surplus for the 2023-2024 fiscal year. Today, our first quarter report shows a $94 million increase in that projection. This comes even as we saw lower WTI prices earlier in the year and as we've continued to experience the volatility that we've become so accustomed to over the years. Our positive numbers today are a testament to the resilience we continue to build in the province's finances and in Alberta's economy as we retain our position as the economic engine of Canada. Over the first quarter of the fiscal year, the price of West Texas Intermediate Oil averaged significantly lower Than our budget 2023 projection. We're now forecasting $75 per barrel for this fiscal year, which is $4 less than the $79 we forecasted budget as a result of weakness in the first three months of the year. We know how much lower WTI prices can affect our bottom line, which is why it's encouraging to see that prices today, as they've been in recent weeks, are once again above our budget projection. But it's also the reason this government has taken action to implement a responsible fiscal framework that will help, help guide decision-making to manage volatility. Alberta's economic growth remains on track, and as we see this reflected in our updated revenue forecast for the year. Our revenue forecast for 23-24 has increased to $71.1 billion, a $491 million jump that's being driven by significant increases in both personal and corporate income tax revenue. Our strong population growth and low-cost, low-tax, business-friendly environment are driving a projected $1.5 billion income tax revenue increase and spurring the job creation and innovation that's driving Alberta's nation-leading economic performance. Of our total revenue, corporate income tax for the year is now forecast at $6.8 billion, an $889 million increase from budget. It's worth pointing out that we're achieving that number with the lowest corporate income tax rate in the country by a wide margin. Bitumen royalties are projected to increase by $515 million in 2324. However, overall resource revenue is projected to decrease by $694 million from the budget forecast. That's mainly due to natural gas royalties that we're now fo- forecasting to be lower as a result of a number of factors, such as weaker prices and the impact of wildfires. Our revenues are also benefiting from a narrower light heavy differential than what was expected at budget. The government's revenue is very sensitive to oil prices. A $1 change in the light heavy differential can impact Alberta's budget by upwards of 600 million. In budget, we forecast the light heavy differential for 23-24 at 1950 per barrel. In our updated first quarter forecast, we revised our projection to $15 per barrel which helped boost bitumen revenue by about $514 million for the year, compared to where we were at budget. We promised Albertans they would continue to save at the pumps for the rest of the year, and we kept that promise by extending the pause on the provincial fuel tax back in June. As a result, Albertans and Alberta businesses will save $0.13 per litre on gasoline and diesel until the end of 2023. The extension of the fuel tax pause to the end of 2023 reduced our projected fuel tax revenue by over $530 million for the current fiscal year. That's money that's going directly back into the pockets of Albertans every time they fill up their vehicle. And it's just one more way Alberta's government is keeping life affordable in our province. We've also made an upward revision in our expense forecast in 23-24. Expense for the year is now forecast at 68.7 billion, a $397 million increase from budget, while expense before contingency allocations is up 1.6 billion the net 397 million dollar increase to total expense is directly offset by increases to revenue our updated forecast reflects a preliminary allocation of 1.2 billion from the contingency in total about 323 million of the 2023-2024 contingency remains unallocated the unprecedented wildfire season in the province prompted Alberta's government to act swiftly and responsibly to ensure the safety of Albertans in affected areas. The government has allocated $750 million from the contingency to fight wildfires in the province this year. We have spent $514 million to date on wildfire pre-suppression and response, but the total cost to be $750 million by the end of the year. We've also allocated 175 million for uninsurable losses, 75 million of which is expected to be covered by the federal government and 55 million mainly for emergency evacuation payments. We recognize the impact these fires have had not just on Albertan's lives, but on their homes, their businesses, and their communities. We remain prepared to provide support to those affected on an ongoing basis. In addition to disaster and emergency expense increases, operating expense has increased by 179 million. The largest increases in operating expense are 47 million in advanced education, for post-secondary institutions to access their operating reserves and for apprenticeship seat expansion, and 214 million in health, for family health teams, health workforce backlog and modernizing health systems, fully offset by federal revenue from the proposed bilateral agreement. The updated operating expense forecast also includes a $129 million decrease due to lower-than-expected uptake of affordability payments. Capital grants have increased by $170 million compared to budget as a result of moving unspent funds from last year into the current, as well as new funding for the Lethbridge County waterline expansion and flood mitigation projects. Debt servicing costs are up $245 million from budget as a result of higher borrowing rates. Alberta's unique economic and revenue volatility has created budgeting challenges for much of our great province's history. Increasing spending every time we enter another boom and bust cycle is simply not sustainable, which is why this government is securing Alberta's future through a new fiscal framework. It's now in effect to mandate responsible fiscal management while still providing flexibility to meet Albertans' evolving needs, both now and in the future. We are fulfilling two important aspects of the fiscal framework with this fiscal update, balancing the budget and limiting in-year expense growth. The new fiscal framework also requires the government to allocate half of any available surplus cash toward paying off maturing debt. We're now forecast to eliminate $2.6 billion in taxpayer-supported debt this year. After we've made our required debt repayment, the remaining surplus cash will go into the Alberta Fund, where it will be used to support Alberta's fiscal priorities. As you'll remember, money in the Alberta Fund can be used for three purposes, paying down more debt, building the Alberta Heritage Savings Trust Fund, and supporting Albertans through one-time initiatives that don't permanently increase government spending. As of the first quarter update, our allocation to the Alberta Fund for 23-24 is projected at $2.6 billion. This is a forecast and subject to change as the year unfolds. I'll be working closely with the Premier and my colleagues in Cabinet to determine the most prudent, responsible and effective use of the Alberta fund allocation. The Alberta Heritage Savings Trust Fund performed well during the 23-24 first quarter, building stability for Albertans and future generations. In the first quarter alone, the fund earned a 2% return with a net investment income of $739 million. Its fair value of net assets on June 30th was $21.6 billion, an increase from the $21.2 billion recorded at the end of the previous fiscal year. The Heritage Fund is Alberta's long-term savings account, and we're committed to growing it. Earlier this year, we amended legislation to make it easier to retain investment income within the fund and to further grow it for the future benefit of Albertans. We know that future ups and downs in the economy are inevitable, but our economy is resilient and we're confident in the province's economic outlook. Our economic performance continues to exceed expectations. Projections by private forecasters show the province is expected to lead the country in economic growth this year. We're continuing to outpace other provinces in employment growth and we continue to attract interprovincial migration. Wage growth has accelerated in recent months and is exceeding inflation. So thank you. I'll leave it there. And now happy to try and answer any questions.
1: Great. Thanks, Minister. Just a reminder, it will be one question, one follow-up. Please state your name and record, or sorry, name and outlet for the record. For those here in person, if you go up to the mic so those online can hear you, it would be appreciated. Hi.
2: Hello. Sean Polzer, Western Standard. Is there any thought of extending the fuel tax rebate past uh, the end of the year if the province's financial position stays healthy?
0: I think the the Premier and uh, Minister Newdorf and affordability and utilities will probably uh, bring many initiatives forward to continue to try to bring affordability to the lives of Albertans. That specifically uh, I can't comment on, but I, I, would, I would guarantee it will be discussed. And uh, also with
2: respect... To, um To oil prices. Given that 70% of Alberta's resource revenue is basically priced off Western Canadian Select and that differential that you mentioned, is WTI really an accurate uh, gauge of the province's finances and uh, how do you arrive at that number and does it get revised quarterly?
0: Yeah, so our, our budget number was $79 uh, per barrel of WTI. Uh, we've revised it in this first quarter update to $75, and we also changed our, our differential forecast from $19.50 to $15. Those are kind of an, a natural hedge in Alberta's finances. Every dollar change in the differential is about a $600 million swing over the course of a year. Every dollar in WTI change is about $630 million. So I think that's where you see the stability. But, yeah, our, our base uh, forecast is off uh, WTI and U.S. dollars, and then we use the differential to convert it convert it back to WCS, and there's also a conversion on the Canadian to U.S. dollar as well. And that's about a $490 million uh, sensitivity per uh, cent over the course of a year.
1: Great. Thanks, Minister. Next question.
2: Hey, Tim Brock, CTV. Um, it's a pretty big surplus. I, I know you just mentioned some affordability measures could be coming down the pipeline. What's kind of the message to Albertans? They're seeing this $2 billion plus surplus. A lot of them don't drive, don't benefit from this fuel tax pause. So what's your message to those Albertans who are struggling
0: and see the province has a little bit of extra cash? I would just say I, I don't think it's a large surplus, honestly, considering a $71 um, billion budget. Uh, $2.6 billion in surplus. It's a Obviously, relatively, it's a it's a very large number, but I would just remind everyone about those sensitivities. We're really talking about $4 difference in WTI price over the course of a year. So I would say that, that $2.6 billion in expected uh, debt repayment, the actual principal repayment, means about $120 million uh, in decreased interest payments in the following year. I know the consumer debt levels are high in this province, but uh, I don't think we can help anything by continuing to borrow more at increased rates as a government either so i I hope people take comfort in that knowing that we're we're going to do everything we can to um, to pay down debt in the good years and i think this is a reasonably good year
2: has there been any discussion about how to use that albertus fund specifically i know there's some talk of of projects that it could go to but what can people realistically expect Uh, because that again is going to have a hefty lump in it
0: Right, so there, under this forecast, there'd be 2.6 billion going to pay down debt, uh, automatically, so to speak, and then another 2.6 billion to go into the into the fund to be spent either for further debt repayment, uh, an investment in the Heritage Trust Fund, or a one-time expense that wouldn't increase operational expenses going forward. Um, the The premier has a, a lot of mandate items she's given to other ministries. I'm sure there will be a lot of um, uh, proposals for uh, creative ways to spend that money to help Albertans um, I'll probably if I, if I get a vote and I'm sure I will I would probably bring us back to further debt repayment um, just seeing the, the rate increases as we refinance uh, some of our debt going forward um, over the next three years we have about uh, $26 billion in uh, debt that's maturing so it will be refinanced at a higher rate uh, so I'll I'll be pushing for further debt repayment um, in those conversations.
1: Next question. Hannah from City News. Uh, you didn't mention anything about Dynalife. How is Alberta government going to buy out the lab services from Dynalife or make the transition to AHS?
0: Uh, I'm afraid I can't give you much on that today. Those... Uh, those, that deal will not be finalized till hopefully the end of the year. I uh, potentially could have an update for you at second quarter, uh, but there's nothing in this first quarter update regarding Dynalife. Perfect, thank you.
1: Great, is there anyone else in the room that has a question for the Minister? Okay, Operator, can you put through the first caller?
3: Graham Thompson, the star.
4: Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, minister, just uh, looking ahead, um, your predecessor, um, Travis Cave's, was hoping to bring in a, a blue ribbon panel looking at revenues for Alberta. And we had one, of course, on um, expenses back in 2019. He wanted one a panel looking at revenue uh, with nothing off the table, as he put it. Is that something that you're committed to? Some sort of panel looking at how the province gets revenues to try and maybe even out the um, roller coaster ride that we're on?
0: Uh, thank you for the question, Graham. It, it's not uh, an initiative that was put in my mandate letter, uh, but I agree with the former minister. I think it's an important conversation uh, that Albertans will need to have. As far as timing, when there, we'll be able to bring that forward, uh, I can't give you anything precise today, but uh, I agree with former minister Taves. I think it's an important discussion Albertans will need to have in the very near future. Uh, okay. follow-up, uh,
4: you say near future... Uh uh, two questions, uh, two parts this, how soon would that be? And would you like um, the previous Minister, Finance Minister, look at everything on the table, including potentially a provincial sales tax?
0: Well, I think I'd, I'd let the panel, uh, you know, determ- determine uh, where they take it. But, yeah, I think everything's always on the table for the province's finances. I think it's important in this year, this is our first year dealing with the actual fiscal rules that we legislated, um, when we can see see pressures uh, al- already in the first year on the uh, on the contingency limit, for example, so I think it's important we get through get through some time uh, with the rules we put on the on the expense side. But I I very much would welcome uh, any kind of a conversation with Albertans on on our revenue structure.
1: Operator, next question. Kyle Moore, Kix
5: Uh, hi there, uh, uh, Minister Horner. Uh, my first question here is, of course, uh, you did briefly touch on it there, but there were some uh, certainly uh, effects on this uh, economy with uh, the fires that we saw, particularly here in northern Alberta, whether it be you know, communities getting evacuated for periods of time or damage done to, like, uh, forestry, agriculture, those kinds of things. What kind of things is the province looking to do to help uh, with uh, kind of some of these uh Sort of affected areas uh, with with regards to the economy, helping them recover from what happened with the, the fires this year.
0: Uh, yes, thank you for the question. It's it's been an unprecedented uh, fire year, and that uh, you know directly uh, directly corresponds with the issues we're having with our contingency. Um, about nine hundred eighty million of the one and a half billion dollar contingency uh, has either been spent or is earmarked uh, for wildfire. Um, $750 million uh, in pre-suppression and response for wildfire. That's uh, in, in years past, they may have just shown the actual money spent uh, at a first quarter report like this. Uh, at, to the end of last month, we'd spent about $514 million, uh, in on wildfire. Um, we've earmarked it uh, and left some room out to 750 million uh, to get us to the end of the season. And there's 175 uh, million in the disaster, uh, disaster response program uh, provincially. Uh, we think we may get up to 75 million of that back from the federal government over time, and then another 55 million, uh, almost entirely to support uh, evacuees uh, through through evacuation payments uh, through the uh, housing and community social services ministry.
1: Great, Kyle. Do you have a follow-up?
5: Yes, and as a follow-up to that, you uh, mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, we have a, a little bit of a surplus in this uh, sort of update here. Uh, how can this uh, help with some uh, helping more of the uh, economies in rural areas? Uh, how, can, how can that sort of help them?
0: Well, I, th- I think it helps every Albertan. You know, I, I mentioned the numbers, you know, when we pay down debt. The $2.6 billion that we're going to use to pay down uh, maturing principal is uh, going to save us $120 million going forward. Um, if you if you notice in the report, our at budget our debt carrying costs were about uh, 2.85 uh, billion at budget, and now they're they're over three billion, and that's that's simply the uh, the effect of higher interest rates when we refinance. So that, that helps every Albertan, whether you're in rural Alberta uh, or or urban, um, and that's yeah, that's that's the big picture.
1: Great operator, next question.
5: Chris Barco, Calgary Herald. Hi, Minister. You mentioned that Alberta has trimmed its oil and gas price forecast for the year, but it has also increased the expected growth rate in the economy uh, for this year. What role has the population growth played in this and in the government finances improving? And how sustainable is that growth in the coming year?
0: Uh, thank you for the question. Yeah, the, so we've seen. We've seen increases in our expectations both for personal income tax and corporate income tax, uh, to the tune of about 1.4 billion, if I'm if I'm correct, um, over budget. The personal uh, income tax, you know, that's that's almost an entirely uh, tied to the surging population numbers, uh, and the corporate income tax is kind of a, a cascading uh, effect from last year's very very high corporate income tax numbers. Um, we're we have population growth pegged at about 4.4 percent as of right now. Um, that's a that's a very very high number. I know our our economists uh, within the department uh, have a hard time uh, believing it, but we're seeing you know strong uh, not only immigration but interprovincial migration um, and uh, a lot of Ukrainian refugees um, putting putting a lot of uh, adding to that number in a big way. So I'd say we're, we expect, if the 4.4% uh, percent increase number proves accurate, we expect that to come down substantially next year to around 2.3%. Um, but those numbers are all as accurate as they can be at this time. Do
1: you have a follow-up, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Is there any concern
5: that Alberta is uh, beginning to lose some of its affordability advantage when we're seeing some of the housing prices go up and some of the inflationary rates uh, relative to the province?
0: Yeah, I think I think that was you know that's inevitable. You know, it's uh, we had an Alberta's calling campaign. We tried to really leverage our affordability to encourage people to come make a home in Alberta. Um, and over time, that that will change, no doubt. Um, but like I said, um, at the annual report, if if you're going to be a low tax jurisdiction, you have to want to be a pro growth, a pro growth jurisdiction, and you have to you know welcome those those challenges. They're they're good good challenges. Looks like a great opportunity in the housing sector.
1: Operator, next question. Jason Marcusoff,
3: CBC.
6: Good morning, Minister, and thanks for taking my call. Uh, my first question is regards to the Calgary Event Centre. We understand in the briefing uh, from the briefing that thirty nine million dollars has been booked this year for uh, land acquisition and transportation costs. Last time we heard about the arena, unless I'm mistaken, uh, Treasury Board hadn't yet looked at it. So, can you please tell us has Treasury Board uh, approved the uh, the event centre project uh, as per the MOU exactly?
0: Uh, so you're you're correct. I believe it's 39 uh, million and change in uh, new capital grants under transportation uh, for site prep, um, site prep and land acquisition. Um, I believe around the underpass uh, or the rivers district uh, new infrastructure overall. Um, but uh, that that's the only number you'll find uh, in in this report regarding the the rivers district monies. Um, we've had a discussion at at, uh, at Treasury Board, but that's uh, that's all I can give you at this time. I think the premier will probably speak to it uh, shortly.
6: Thank you. Um, the, the, the contingency fund is new. Uh, it's been various things now, but um, my goodness, before even some of the agricultural relief that you're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to do probably for this drought here. Um, the wildfires taken more than three quarters. Of the uh, of the contingency fund uh, already away, uh, it, do you guys need a bigger uh, contingency fund than you have in Alberta?
0: Well, well, potentially. You know, I think that's definitely be something that we're going to look at. Um, we're going to learn a lot from this year. Um, yeah, if you're going to use two thirds of it on on disasters, it doesn't leave leave much else for the the year to year in year changes. So it's something we'll definitely look at. I think there's also opportunity to maybe increase increase some other budgets, um, you know, in, in forestry, for example. Maybe we can um, look at that through the through the budget deliberations. Maybe that, that should be a higher number. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not not lost on us. Um, the 175 million dollar DRP. Um, we were we were looking at some historical numbers. It's it is it is big. It's uh, it's not the biggest we've had. I think it's the fourth largest in the last decade. Uh, going back to the 2013 floods and uh, uh, 2016, 2016 floods as well were both higher, but uh, no, you're not you're not wrong. It's a substantial number, and uh, it puts a lot of pressure on on that fiscal rule, and it will be a challenge challenging this year for sure.
1: Thanks, operator. Next question.
3: Catherine Grigowski, Alberta today. Well, thanks for taking our questions, and I was also going to ask about this contingency fund. Um, part of it. Um, was just the uninsurable losses, and I'm wondering as you as you do review that amount that's in the contingency fund, are you having conversations about with insurance companies to to look at um, what what is covered? Are are you looking at adjusting the base um, based on increasing frequency and severity of natural disasters? What's what's going to go into that look at the amount in the contingency fund?
0: No, thank you for the question. I'm sure there will be a lot of analysis and, and looking backwards. Um, like I just said in the previous answer, uh, this was the fourth largest uh, DRP in the last 10 years, so not, uh, not totally unheard of. Um, I believe the, the floods uh, in 2013, it was a $1.4 billion DRP uh, compared to $175 million uh, this time around uh but the 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 question's valid, I think all these conversations will be had in real time, and we'll have to have them with our departments and and look at what other jurisdictions are doing and and I'm sure as well as uh as the insurance industry
1: follow up catherine yeah and
3: and back to the population growth i know uh, it, it's good it drives the, drives the economy there's a lot more people employed in services that we need, but there's also A lot more need on our our services and infrastructure but you said we're not we're not going back to that those times where we spend during the the boom time so what is it going to look like
0: well no it's a it's a good question like part of part of what is hard to decipher in real time in that 4.4 percent number a lot of that's being driven by non-permanent residents or, or nprs and that could be uh, like i mentioned the ukrainian refugees so we'll have to we'll have to watch that number and see how see how many of those people um you know truly truly want to stay in alberta long term and um and that'll impact how it affects definitely volume-based uh programming and services in the in the province uh, but some of that is will be yet to play itself out it's it's such a large number it's uh um, we can get within a range, but it'll be interesting to to watch it unfold.
1: Next question. Emmanuel Prince, Radio
7: Canada. Hi, Minister. Um, Do you think that we should revisit or renegotiate the federal provincial agreement on the financial assistance from Ottawa to the provinces? Because it looks like, in this case, Alberta is carrying most of the financial burden of the wildfire season, so... Do you think the feds are paying their fair share?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I, th- I think we we always want to uh, make sure we're getting, uh, getting accurate, you know, appropriate support from the federal government. I know when you're dealing with... Uh, I had the opportunity to be the forestry minister for a year, um, oversaw one of the quietest wildfire seasons we've had in a while. I'm very appreciative of that. But you'd get a, a great respect for... Uh, CIFC, the the, in, the Canadian um, inter, interprovincial agency on on forest fires, how quickly they they move resources, how efficiently, whether it's uh, you know planes planes people um, or or in other inventories, uh, that all happens in, in very much in real time and is is triage to the greatest need, and then we do the accounting afterwards. So, I, I think uh, historically we've had a, a strong partner, but as these numbers get higher. Uh, we may need to, to look at that relationship for sure. It's a great question.
1: Follow-up?
7: And, uh, yep. Uh, so just to be clear, you're thinking of maybe getting a bigger contingency fund or making the budgets of forestry or public, public safety ministries higher, so you do think that natural disaster will be more common in the future?
0: Well, I, I, I definitely want to have the, the room the contingency was meant for um, within our fiscal framework. Um, it's, it will not work effectively if we need to spend two-thirds of it on disaster-related expenses every year. So I think it, it will prompt those questions. They're probably good questions to have anyways. Um, but in an, in another sense, this is a great test for the, it in its first year. You know, if we are able to get uh, to get to the end of the year, I think that's something we should all be... Uh, pretty pretty proud of there there are um, exceptions under the uh, gravest of circumstances when your uh, revenue drops um, substantially within a fiscal year or when disasters are are so great so the rules try to be thoughtful but uh, there are, are rules we legislated and I'm going to do my best to stick to them
1: next question
3: Bob Weber Canadian press
1: Good
7: morning, Minister. Uh, I'm still trying to get a handle on the, uh, the costs of the wildfire. You've mentioned the, uh, the money spent from the contingency fund, the, the roughly billion dollars. You've mentioned the uh, uh, natural hit to natural gas royalties. Uh, you've mentioned uninsured losses. I'm sure there have been some, uh, some income and corporate taxes lost because uh, work wasn't done. Uh, first question is, does did, did your government have an overall figure for the combined impact of uh, the uh, the season's wildfires on the Alberta budget?
0: Uh, I don't have a comprens- uh, comprehensive, all-encompassing uh, number. Um, back to the actual costs, uh, to the end of last month, uh, we'd spent $514 million on the actual fighting of the fires. Um, but we've earmarked 750, so we've left room within this year's contingency to go from 514 to 750. Um, that's an, an important distinction. We have left some room there. Um, also the DRP is 175 million. Uh, 75 million of that we hope to get back over time from the federal government and 55 million uh, that's largely evacuation payments uh, and other support. You're right, uh, the wildfires did impact uh, natural gas production uh, in the north. Um, I don't have a number on that specifically, but it did did impact overall uh, us uh, decreasing the forecast from 410 uh, to 250. Um, hard to make it comprehensive, though, because that's also a, a feedstock uh, in the oil sand, so it's a natural hedge for another revenue line item. So we everything impacts something else and there's you know there's as much as it it hurts that line item it, it helps another so something we could something we could look at trying to find a an all-encompassing number but I, I don't have one at this time
7: thank you uh follow-up question uh we've got the impact of the 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 wildfires whatever the final number turns out to be uh we're facing major drought in the south which will also be uh i, I guess included as a, as a natural disaster i to what extent, Minister, does your government attribute this to the uh, continuing influence of climate change?
0: Well, I, I don't think I have a, a metric to share with you, but I think uh, every everyone would would uh, see that these these uh, these events uh, seem to happen uh, more often and, and can be can be more impactful. Um, I should say on the drought, uh, there isn't a number um, in in this first quarter update. Um, you may have seen uh, some of the news out of Saskatchewan or from our Ag Minister. We have asked the federal government uh, for an Ag recovery assessment. Um, I think we, we sent that letter in early July and have, have yet to, to hear back conclusively if they're, if they're going to enact an uh, Ag recovery program. Uh, but if they do, that will be another, another impact on the contingency in this year.
1: Next question.
2: Good morning. Thank you for taking my question, Minister. I know your government's more than aware of the ongoing drought situation. We just talked about that, including here in the southwest. In fact, we just recently declared an agricultural disaster. The MD of Pincher Creek and other rural communities like Cowley, who tap into the MD's treatment water plant, have always had a reliable source but are now faced, in the case of the MD, trucking water in from larger centers like Lethbridge or even Medicine Hat. My question is: Is this on your government's radar, and is there, or will there be, money set aside in the short term, but also in the long term, to help rural municipalities come up with viable solutions?
0: Uh, great question. Yes, uh, we're we're well aware of the challenges in the south. Um, I would say that to bring it back to the ag recovery program for a bit, you know, within the the, the Canadian Ag Partnership, or now it's called the Sustainable Canadian Ag Partnership (SCAP). Um, it's important to understand what the what the ag recovery program means it's for ad hoc um, real-time disaster programming that doesn't fit any of the other boxes so it's not for an insurable loss where if you had crop insurance uh, we we expect that to to be used to to um, mitigate your risk but in circumstances like the drought in 2021 we enacted the program Uh, the program can be uh, made specifically uh, for, for the crisis you're dealing with and it has a 60-40 uh, cost-shared nature between the 60% by the feds, 40% by the province. So we do, we do try to enact that first. I think it's, it's there for a reason and that federal support's uh, there for a reason. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan's mentioned that they're going to move forward with their uh, share uh, regardless of what the feds do. That's a conversation we, we haven't had yet, and we're still still hopeful the feds will want to back us and support us. When it comes to water programming, some of that exists for individuals uh, under the SCap program through uh, Alberta Agriculture and Irrigation. Uh, but as we deal with this ongoing, I'm sure different ministries, whether it's municipal affairs or others, could, could bring forward uh, programming changes, and we'll look forward to hearing them out uh, within Cabinet and Treasury Board, but I, I can't get too far ahead of, of their ministries.
2: Is just there a follow up, if I could, um, just to clarify, so if I'm a community like Cowley or the MD in this particular case, and my water supply, the water intake valves are, obviously the river level is below them, what type of funding would I be uh, eligible for then?
0: For, on, on the municipal basis, for for Cali itself, or for you as an individual? The of
2: Cali dips into, yeah, the village of Cali dips into the MD. So.
0: Right. Well, I, I think the, the village would have to speak with municipal affairs, and if it's, a, if it's a crisis, I'm sure it'll come back to us, the Treasury Board, for in-year contingency. But as for a specific program, I, I don't have that in front of me.
1: Great, thanks. Next question.
6: Calgary
5: Herald uh, Minister the uh, report notes that the Alberta Petroleum Marketing uh, Commission uh, reported a net loss of 594 million dollars in the first quarter are you concerned about the ongoing losses uh, at the Sturgeon refinery and if so what steps is your government taking with your partners to try and minimize those losses
0: uh, thank you Chris yeah it's a good question so the Sturgeon refinery is is forecasting some large Large losses I think of that four hundred ninety four million I think five hundred and fifty one million uh, is attributed to sturgeon alone so co- combination of things they were projecting a good year they did a lot of maintenance uh, in the previous fiscal year so they're expecting uh, to have smooth smooth running operations uh, what what this is a combination of is uh, lower diesel prices which is the product they create and higher bitumen which is their high, which is their feedstock due to the um, due to the differential uh, being different than forecast. So I would say that uh, you're you're not wrong. Uh, A lot of those decisions can't be undone about sturgeon, but uh, I wouldn't predict diesel to to always be below forecast or bitumen to be high. And like I said before, there's a lot of these natural hedges within within our revenue and expense side. Obviously, bitumen being high hurts sturgeon, but it helps us in a different line item. Um, there was a large write down on sturgeon a couple of years ago, and a, and a change to the operational structure, which I think uh, definitely was uh, beneficial going forward for the Governor Alberta and Albertans. Um, but it's it's something something we'll watch, um, but we can't change what it uh, what it uses as feedstock and what it creates. And just to follow
5: up, Minister. How confident are you? That the Churchill refinery is going to turn around and uh generate a profit for the province?
0: I think it I think it will. I think it'll always it'll always depend on where the differentials at, where the cost of diesel is. It did go through some periods of being cash positive uh not long ago. So um definitely definitely hopeful that uh that we see more of that. Um and it's hard to really hard to really put a number on the value of creating that diesel locally too. It it does have other Uh, advantages to the Alberta economy.
1: Operator, is there another question on the line?
0: There are no other questions from the you at this time.
1: Great. Thanks, everyone. That concludes our press conference.
5: Thank you all.